Hello, everyone. Welcome back to WSUM 91.7 FM Madison Student Radio. You're listening to After Further Review, hosted by myself, Alex Schuster, and the man, the myth, the legend, Vincent Hesbrick, calling in. Uh, Vince, is this working? I hope it is. Is it working? Oh, I, I can't hear Vince. It is. I can hear you, Vince. Welcome, okay. welcome to the show, Vince. Oh, thank My you so much. I just not working, so I can't hear. There we go. But, I got gotcha. you. Oh, yep. Man. All right, there we go. All right, Vince. Honestly, still an above. Yeah, honestly, still an above average start with how this show usually goes. But um, you know, Alex, I'm, I'm honestly not doing too well today because I've been spending the past couple months ripping on the show that comes after us. And now both Evan and Joey were both super helpful in getting the phone hooked up. So now it's like I can't be mad at them anymore. It mm-hmm. really makes me upset. Yeah, they, they definitely saved the day, especially for me. I mean, I think I've messed it up like three different times in about 30 seconds. And Joey coming to save the day, also mixing up Evan's name. So <laughs> apologies for that once again. Um, but back to regular scheduled programming here. Uh, we'll jump off with uh, Rate My Take. Uh, since Vince is out of the studio and I don't trust him uh, in his integrity to <laughs> lie about a, a coin toss, um, I'm, I'm just going to go first here off the bat. Uh, I have a, a real easy one. It's kind of a personal thing for me, but um, I think managing a fantasy football league and being the commissioner should be the easiest job in the world. All you have to do is set up a league, send out invites, and I mean ESPN, Sleeper, whatever league format you do, they do the rest for you. There's no reason to go in and tinker with all the rules and change all these settings and everything like that because all it does is give you more opportunities to make mistakes, and that's exactly what happened to me. So this entire season, uh, my dad, who is the commissioner of our fantasy football league, has been giving plus one point for every time a quarterback gets sacked, and it resulted in me actually getting a win that I didn't deserve that now has to be taken away from me. Um, completely changing up the the playoff dynamic here at a, a crucial time in the season and I mean that it's just an unforgivable unforgivable mistake it should be the easiest job in the world and uh somehow I, 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 my dad he dropped the ball on that one so as a uh fantasy commissioner myself uh in one league you deal with a lot of people that just want to have different rules for absolutely no reason it should be easy but for whatever reason, it just isn't. Um, but I, I think it, when it comes to, it's more of a reflection on the people that are in the league than it is the most of the time than the commissioner themselves. When the commissioner themselves decides to make all these whack changes that they don't need to, that's when you start to have problems. Uh, but I will say... Um, it should be. It should be a very easy job. Yeah, I agree with Joe. I mean, just take our league, for example. There's currently a, a coalition of 5-5 five and five teams trying to pressure the commissioner into expanding the playoffs. It's week 14. There are three, <laughs> there's, three, there's three weeks left of the fantasy season, and we, we don't know how many teams are going to make the playoffs yet. So. My opinion, I am a team that is tied for first in this league. I guess I, I'm at second because Noah has the tiebreaker over me because he beat me. Whatever. I just say that as, well, I, I, I am very sorry that the rest of you guys are all mid. I, that's not a me problem. I'm, I'm a, I have a very good fantasy team. I'm just very sorry that you all have mid fantasy teams that just can't pull away from everyone else. That's a you problem. 
You just got to battle it out in the last three weeks and hope you make the dance. We're not expanding. We're leaving it at six. That's where I, that's where I stand on I it. I mean, expanding the playoffs in the season has to be one of the most egregious things in the world. I, you, you said it at the beginning of the season. Everyone abides by the rules. And then after the year, if there's a mistake, you fix it. If, if you think, hey, everyone should make the playoffs. Give, I mean, everyone gets their participation trophy. That's one thing. I, I mean, you got to draw the line somewhere. Some teams miss the playoffs. Some teams make the playoffs. See, the thing is, this league never really had rules from the beginning. Like, we drafted, and halfway through the draft, there were there were discussions about <laughs> when oh, the playoffs Oh, wait, the playoffs started. are still going on while there are bye weeks still happening. Oh, well, the rest of you guys are screwed because you drafted all these players that have buys during the playoffs. No, no, that's not how that should work. Vince, where do you stand on this playoffs issue? Oh, gosh, well, well I mean, as someone whose team is terrible, uh, I don't really have much input here, but I think if I had to put a grade on Alex's point, I'd probably give him a four just because although actually starting the season and going through that stuff is kind of a layup for the commissioner, getting people to pay in and stuff, especially when they mm. don't when the season starts, is such a hassle. I mean, I've been in uh, the same fantasy football league for like a half decade now, people who are on my football team. There's always the one person who joins. They say, yeah, I'll pay. And then they just don't. And it's like week eight. And then they got to like go to their house and knock on their door. So I think it's oftentimes a thankless position. It's almost like a kicker in football where when you're good at it, no one thinks about you. But when you're terrible, you get roasted by everybody constantly. And I think that that being said, Anthony deserves to get roasted for how he's managed our WSUM <laughs> fantasy football league this year. Okay. But so it's one thing to be like getting the dues and everything. I mean, we, he, Everything like that was settled. The hardest parts of the job were taken care of, but just the easiest part of just setting the scoring was what got bottled there. I mean, <laughs> plus one point every time your quarterback gets sacked is ridiculous. We were so, watching wait, wait. the game last night, and Jalen Hurts should have had zero points. He was sacked like five times, and his points just kept going up, and so that's why we noticed it. It was points going up. Up. Your quarterback for getting sacked got more points. Got more points. Was yeah. there any what? discussion about taking away points for sacks beginning the season? Was there a mistake there, or did you just randomly have points for sacks? Because that's not that's not standard it, scoring. No, I don't believe. it's not. And we, I mean, before the season, every, everyone had agreed we're doing like standard PPR scoring, and for whatever reason, they decided to just juice up the quarterback position. So it's six points for a touchdown. For a passing touchdown, ridiculous, ridiculous. I actually, I will stand by that one. I don't mind, but you have to, you have to say it at the beginning because yes. it, it, it changes the draft value of certain quarterbacks tremendously. Right, like we have that in the league where I'm the commissioner. I'm like, I'm going to value the quarterback whether he throws for a touchdown, whether he runs for a touchdown. Like I, I feel like when you just do the four six or whatever. You you devalue the quarterback position. It should be emphasized that if your quarterback scores a lot of touchdowns for your team and is the focal point of your offense, I value that. But yes, I also coming back to that that should be established at the beginning of the season, beginning of the league, whatever. And that, yes. and that was established, which I have some issues with because I I mean it was after the draft that I started having issues with it when I my my starting quarterback was Tua, which didn't look that great at the beginning of the year, and then. Uh, my backup is, was Brock Purdy. Again, did not look great at before the season, but now turns out to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. I have no, I have some complaints about it now, but I mean, the the main issue is the sack. I mean, how do you how do you me mess that up? I mean, who goes in and changes from a negative? I mean, that that makes sense. You get sacked, it's minus one point. That's fair, but plus one for a sack that that should never happen. No, no. Which, I mean. 
Mm-mm. It's just a r- ridiculous mistake. Yeah, I thought you were talking about defense. I'm like, yeah, that no, might be a no. little bit too many. Like, if you're getting like eight sacks, that's a, I think maybe a half point. But yeah, you saying minus one for your quarterback for taking a sack. No, it, it it's the yeah. quarterback takes a sack and they get a yeah. point from it. it it's yeah, it, it makes no sense. No, not no. the spirit of the game. Well, Joe Burrow. Burrow must have been QB1 in your league then. I mean, he's getting pummeled all year. Just imagine, it's like, oh, yeah, well, my team put up zero points, but the quarterback got destroyed, so I wound up still racking up 15 points from that. That's I mean, Mr. Schuster's an awesome guy, and I'm, I'm not just saying that because he's probably listening, but, oh, my goodness, I, I disagree with that one. That's that's bad. Yeah, I, well, and he was trying to blame it on my mom and blame it on everyone else for not <laughs> catching it. He's like, it's been this long this season. And the best part is, is he, like, I beat him by, like, half a point, and my, I won because my quarterback took four sacks in that game. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't yeah, have happened. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, so – just a ridiculous mistake. I, I get where you guys are coming from with the, the – there's so many issues with being the commissioner, but this is just not one that should ever come up. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I, wait, what are uh, Joey and Evan's number grades Oh, yeah, here? so normally yeah. for this, segment, oh, we give okay. a, a grade out of 10 for it. So, like, for as much as I agree with it, yeah, that should be the easiest job. I'm going to give it a 7 because, again, I, I think it's a little bit of opposite of what Vince is saying is – I would say it, it, yeah, it is more dependent on your league mates than it is the actual person in charge. Um, in that case, I don't blame that on the commissioner. I blame that on the rest of the league. Yeah, I agree with Joey. I'll go, I'll go six just because, you know, there are some people with, who take fantasy football quite seriously and have, uh, you know, large personalities involved in leagues, which can make it difficult for the, the commissioner, but Overall, I agree. Easy, easy job. Yeah, I'll accept that. I mean, there's situations where it can be difficult, but I mean, when you bring it on yourself like this, it's just inexcusable. All right, uh, Vince, you want to go ahead here? I go ahead then. Yeah. Heck yeah, I'll be sure to pick it up here. I know that when we have four people, usually it goes well, but I mean, Joey and Evan are like the Albert Einstein's of sports. I'm sure they'll have a lot to say about stuff the rest of the way. But so I'll just jump right to the point. I think Wisconsin men's basketball is legit this year. Yes, I mean, the team is being two last year. They started five and one. Thank you, Joey. No discussion uh, necessary. All right. You know, all well, right maybe you let them no. give the take. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, so yeah, this team's three and two. Uh, last year they started five and one, but this year's team is still vastly better than last year's squad. Just looking at talent. I mean, AJ Store looks like he'll be the best player on the squad once he gets going. Uh, Joey told me he expects him to be the leading scorer going into the season. I thought that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard, but. It's clear he's got the confidence, and just looking at his stats from last year, I think once that translates, he's going to be a, a just a menace. He's a freak athlete who down a monster dunk in the scrimmage against Stevens Point. Shot over 40% from deep last year at St. John's. Adding just his talent and three-level scoring is already massive for a team that lacks a real closer last year. And then you add John Blackwell, who already looks like he's going to be, at worst, a serviceable 3 and D player, and at yes, best, 10. one of the better players on the starting lineup. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> Nolan Winters upside. Uh, internal improvements from returning starters. Plethora of bench scoring. Suddenly, you got yourself a Big Ten contender, in my opinion. Now, this is what we, we knew most of this going into the season. And although the beatdown against Arkansas State was really fun to watch, Tennessee and Providence definitely knocked the wind out of our sails a little bit. I think Tennessee, that game was a lot closer than the box score indicated. We missed a ton of free throws, and uh, they hit theirs down the stretch. We missed a ton. Uh, Providence just jumped us and in a burn to tape game, we shot 5 of 20 from deep. But the potential was there. We know this team can shoot threes. We know the people that brought in can. We know what the defense can do. And that you're kind of waiting for a game to prove that Wisconsin's back. And we got it last night. I mean, you got swarming interior defense. 
no open shots on the perimeter, only allowed seven free throw attempts for the game, uh, culminated in a 65-41 dismantling of undefeated ranked Virginia. And what made me so excited about that game is that even though obviously it's a blowout, we had some pretty poor performances on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Connor Seijan looks like he's – you hope it's the back almost, but hopefully that'll get up and going. You just pray it's not a nagging injury. But even just Tyler Wall was 4 of 13, A.J. Store 2 for 6. Uh, Chucky Hepburn's only 1 for 8 on the day. And just seeing that we were so great despite some of those poor performances makes me really, really, really excited for the rest of the season. And just because I want to make it sound like it's something more than just me being positive, put a real prediction on it, I think we're going to beat Marquette at home next week. Yes, 10. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'll go uh, a 9.5 here because we can't give out any 10s on the show. You you already know that. you got to eat a hot pepper to earn that one. Yeah, have Joey subtract a point for me. Fine, (laughs) 9.999. That's what we'll go with. But I, I am there. Um, but yeah, this this team, it, it is vastly better from last year. Tony Bennett said it last night that this athleticism on the wing is what is turning this team around from last year. And look no further than AJ Store and John Blackwell. Those guys have been awesome additions. I think that if they both continue the way that they have shown that they're capable of, this team is a contender in the Big Ten. Uh, we look at the rest of the Big Ten. I mean, Purdue, Purdue's the favorite right now. I, I, I don't think that's a, a debate right now. Uh, but they they looked beatable against Gonzaga last night. Um, or whatever, what time? Yesterday in the Maui Invitational. They looked beatable. And I, I think that this team, they don't have to score 70 points a game, but they're getting pretty close to that every single game. Um, and you see what they do night in. I, I, the Providence game for me is more of an outlier now because you're seeing this five game sample. Now this team's offense, it it is going pretty well. I I think it just came down to last night was the reason they didn't hit 70 was because it just ended up being a slow trying to run the game out, run the clock out and some poor shots at the end of the game with different rotations, whatever. It, it, that was a complete dismantling last night of a top 25 team and a very good program in Virginia. That is the turnaround this team needed. Now, we say this, they're going to lose to SMU tomorrow night, and we're <laughs> completely going to change our minds. Um, <laughs> but I, I do agree, next week is a huge week for Wisconsin. Marquette at Michigan State at Arizona. All three great programs. Arizona, to me, looks like the best team in basketball. They're completely dismantling teams. Um, so they're going to be a tough team to slow down. But I think that they're going to get one of those games next week. And I hope for my sake that it is going to be that game at home against Marquette. Keep the little brothers down there where they belong. And the rivalry is ours. Yeah. I will get a great measuring stick tonight. Purdue playing Tennessee as part of that Maui Invitational. Absolutely stacked field. So a good a good early season comparison to see where Wisconsin stacks up against one of their Big Ten counterparts. Not to be a Debbie Downer, I'm only gonna rate this one a seven. I'm not I'm not completely convinced yet. I think Virginia was a really, really good matchup for Wisconsin. Not a team that's gonna get out in transition and expose you on defense, really. They don't have a ton of presence in the post. I mean, we saw that in the rebounding battle between Wisconsin and Virginia. Wisconsin was absolutely dominant on the board. Stephen Crow was out there looking like he was Zach Eady. 
I mean, I SMU will be a, a good test. It'll be another game against a quality team, probably a similar caliber of team, if maybe a little worse than Providence. You know, so a test to see just how fluky that Providence game was. Obviously, we want to see, you know, Hepburn and Wall shoot the ball better. And that will come, I think. I just think I'm not completely convinced the defense is there yet. I think eventually this team will be quite good. But I think there will be more growing pains, especially with the difficulty of the schedule in the non-conference. I'm not convinced we can beat either Marquette or Arizona. But, you know, we'll see how the next week goes. Yeah, yeah honestly, me neither, Evan. <laughs> Time will tell. Uh, do either of you guys have a, a take prepared to get for this segment? I or? was prepared to say that John Blackwell is going to be the best player uh, basically of like taking last year and going five years ahead. I think John Blackwell is going to be the best player of that five-year span. Mm. Wow. I, uh, I'll, I'll, put you, I'll put you this one. Daniel Freitag and John Blackwell will feature together in an all-Big Ten backcourt. Yes. Yes. I like it. Uh, now we're talking. I mean, going five years in the future is hard. I mean, I, I want to be more optimistic than you are and hope that we, we get an even better recruit. Someone just comes and blows him out of the water. But, I mean, a fantastic player. So I think I'm going to go a, a solid seven and a half. I think you can see the outlook of this team, and you can see how yeah, they have Freitag, they have Robison um, for next year. 25, they already have a commit. I mean, yeah, maybe there's going to be some freshman, some freshman that comes around 25, like uh, Davion Hanna out of Nicolette or someone like that out there, maybe a 26. Who knows? But um, I'm going to look at John Blackwell and what he's doing right now. I think he's going – I don't know if you can really beat Connor Asijan last year as, as a freshman year, but I think this is a guy that's going to be a long-term successful project, being a three-star for Greg Gard. And you, you hope that he's going to stick around for four years because this is a guy that is – he does everything that this Wisconsin team needs. If I've said that one time on this station, I've said a thousand times, John Blackwell is the perfect Wisconsin Badger. Yeah, no, I totally agree about Blackwell. He's been really impressive so far. Obviously, he's shooting 60% from three. That probably won't, won't keep yeah. up. He's been uncharacteristically hot for someone who wasn't really known as a shooter in high school. But we'll see how it goes over the course of the year. Uh, you know, as terms as a take for me, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll throw Alex a bone here, and I'll just say, I'll say that Charles Leclerc, <laughs> his karma's got to balance out sometime. He's gonna one of these years. He's just gonna have a magical season. You know, down bad for so long, and it, sometime, some year, it's just gonna all all line up for him. I love it. I mean, <laughs> he is like the king of Saturday for whatever reason. Can never get a full race together. I I put a lot of the blame on the Ferrari team and just the the way the team is run it's just like you, you, they find a new way to shoot themselves in the foot every single week and I mean at some time they got they got to figure these things out I like it I mean he's he's still young a fantastic driver I can see it happening I mean taking out for staff and where he is right now it looks like that would have to be a couple of years down the line but I can see it happening. I'll go a, a solid 7.5 for that one as well. What do we think about Francisco Bernoulli? <laughs> do we think he compares to the legacy? All I know. Do we think he compares to the legacy of, of, say, like a Lightning McQueen or a Jackson Storm? <laughs> or uh, not forget about Doc Hudson. Uh, or Doc Hudson. I mean, yeah, the blast from the pat. Yeah, yeah, that's about all the race cars. I don't know. I've never, I've never... Chick Hicks is like, he's off the board. No one, no one, no one. 
Mickey Mouse Piston Cup. He didn't deserve that. That was Lightning McQueen's all day long. Chick Hicks deserves no no recognition whatsoever. I've never played with Bernoulli in Rocket League, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to write this one to one. You know, Lightning McQueen's the goat. <laughs> well, I was I, I thought we were talking about F. Well, I guess F1. Fr- Francisco Bernoulli dominated the F1 circuit. That's why he was that favorite coming in cars in cars two in the uh, the all in all World Series. <laughs> oh my God. All right, I think that's a good time to to move on to uh, what what are we calling it? Vince Badger Sports Update. I don't know. We'll call it a better name next week. All right, I'll uh, kick it off. We'll we'll start with women's soccer, where the the Badgers had their season ended at the hands of the Texas Longhorns in the second round of the national tournament. Wisconsin led one nil after 45 minutes, but allowed two goals in the second half and ultimately lost one to two. Despite the disheartening loss, it was still a great season for the Badgers, who finished 13 four and four in the regular season and played in the Big Ten championship game. For hockey, yeah, it was I'm all- not sure. Oh, go oh, ahead, Vince. I'm just going to quick butt in here and be a jerk. Uh, so I'm not sure if any guys are big soccer fans uh, or UW soccer fans. Do we know, like, what – because I know that we had a ton of returning players this year. Do we know which ones will be back from this year? I know there's a lot of um, question marks on, like – There's a lot of freshmen. There were a lot of freshmen on this team, but there was a lot of talent at the top. Emma Jaskinek's yeah. career is over. She was probably with one of the it. more prolific scorers of this program. Um, McKinney's so, gone as well. I McKinney believe McKinney will be goalie. gone. So some some major pieces leaving, yeah. but a lot of, a lot of hope for the future because the team was relatively young. Yeah, it was a deep team this year. Uh, probably the deepest team that they will have, but they've got, they still have talent coming back. There's no doubt about it. Um, it just comes up to which those freshmen are going to take the step up uh, when needed. There are a lot of freshmen that stepped up this year. Ella Adi comes to mind um, coming out of the defense. Uh, but yeah, this will be a this will be a program that'll be exciting to watch um, in the okay. future. It's just yeah, th- if there was a year that they're going to make a deep run, this was kind of it. Um, the fact that they got to the Big Ten championship uh, was very promising. The fact that they got to the Sweet Sixteen, very promising. I think they could have gone further in both. I think they obviously could have won the Big Ten tournament, um, and they could have won um, uh, that game against Texas. Uh, to move on to play um, in the quarterfinals, but uh, unfortunately did not come to be, and their season comes short, but still a very successful one. Paula Wilkins, great coach over there. I think as long as she's at the helm, this team's going to be in contention. Yeah, it'll hurt a little less. Yeah, when talk me off the ledge. <laughs> it'll hurt a little less when Florida State absolutely demolishes Cl- uh, Texas. Yeah, pretty much. Uh. All right, so jumping over to hockey now. It was also a terrible weekend for Wisconsin hockey. We're not a hockey school anymore. With both the men's and women's teams (laughs) getting swept by divisional opponents. The women's team fell to 10-2 after losing both games to Ohio State. Uh, Wisconsin, who was undefeated going into the game, was outscored 5-1 between the two games and lost lost game two in overtime. Uh, The now fifth-ranked Badgers will play uh, number seven-ranked Minnesota Duluth at home next weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Meanwhile, the number one-ranked men's hockey team was also handed two losses by the Michigan State Spartans and fell to 9-3 and on the still-young season. Wisconsin will have a chance to bounce back this weekend with with a two-game home series against Alaska Anchorage. Two get-right series. uh, uh, Minnesota Lusa, solid hockey program, but I still think that this women's team uh, for Wisconsin is the better program. 
Uh, they should get back on track. They fell down to three behind Colgate. Not sure if I agree with that. But, uh, they, yeah, they definitely deserve to be behind Ohio State, getting swept by the number two team in the country. Uh, this will still be a fine team. This, will, this is a team that can go to the Frozen Four um, and repeat as national champions. They have that talent. Uh, they just got to get healthy. And same with the men's team. Uh, Alaska Anchorage uh, program that they're better than right now. Uh, again, just have to get healthy. I think the two losses that they had last week, uh, no Cruz Lucius, no Mike Vorlicki, um, those were big. Uh, and when they got behind early, uh, they really needed that scoring to uh, come through when it mattered most, and it, it didn't. And that was, a th- that was a thing that Wisconsin did very well early on the season was scoring in the clutch, and they did not do that um, in both games against Michigan State. Yeah, same deal for the women's team. Obviously, Caroline Harvey is missed tremendously, not only the best player in the team, but the best player in the country. And Sims did not play in the second loss either. So, you know, injuries all around. But once both these teams get healthy, I have no reason to believe that they won't each be title contenders. Yeah. Uh, Now to volleyball, where the Badgers drop back to back games against Penn State and Purdue before salvaging a sweep against Indiana last Sunday with hopes that a Big Ten championship now squashed. Friday's matchup against undefeated Nebraska becomes relevant only in terms of national championship seedings. Yeah, so I said at the beginning of the season, the team that did not win the Big Ten championship was going to win the national championship, and I hope that holds up because uh, Nebraska just won the Big Ten championship. Congratulations to them. Um, they're still undefeated, I believe, right? Yes, yeah. they have not lost. Yep. They're still undefeated. Uh, I I think that they're going to carry that into the tournament. Um, the only team that's going to stand in their way will be Wisconsin at the Fieldhouse this weekend. So we'll see about that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Wisconsin, um, they're off the one line right now. So if they want to be hosting two weekends of uh, tournament volleyball, they got to win these big games down the stretch. I think if they beat Nebraska, they're going to be back on the one line, no doubt. Otherwise, they're going to need a little bit of help. Um, but still, again, this is a team that had some rough injuries at inopportune times this season. Um, Anna Smrek back into the fold, I think, will be huge for this team. She's been great this season. Uh, flashbacks of what she did during that national championship run. And I think that this is going to be a team uh, that's going to be lower seeded. I think they're going to end up being on the two line, but this is going to be a team that you don't want in your um, region uh, when it comes to the second weekend. And this is going to be a team that they're still going to be final four contenders in my opinion. Yeah, this game against Nebraska on Friday, it's such a shame that this game is played during Thanksgiving weekend. I know it's when the volleyball season ends and they want to have the biggest games at the end of the season because oftentimes the Big Ten title comes down to this match. But as a student, you know, obviously you want this game to be a great atmosphere and, you know, most of the student body is not on campus this weekend. So it's a bit of a shame, but it'll be a good barometer for Wisconsin's potential for success in the NCAA tournament. Obviously a win is great. You beat the, the best team in the country. But even if you play them competitively, take them to five again, I think that's a solid result and something you can take some confidence from going into the tournament because the match against Penn State wasn't particularly close. They should have beat Purdue but they weren't able to come up at, in the end. They had their opportunities. 
And that's been a, a kind of a recurring issue for the Badgers. Serve, receive, under pressure. And they won a couple of fifth set matches against Arkansas and Tennessee in the non-conference. But we've kind of been seeing more shades of last season's Badgers at the end of games versus those Badgers who were clutch at the start of the year. So being able to get out, grind out some sets and, you know, extra extra sets and deuces, you know, winning very long sets, which they haven't been able to do much this year. Not that they've gone to that many. But, you know, you want to see Wisconsin take care of business at the end of sets this weekend, and we'll see We'll see how it goes. But I don't think being on the two-line is the worst thing in the world for Wisconsin as long as they stay on the other side of the bracket from Nebraska. Yeah, I think uh, that really comes down to you can put them in any region. Um, I just think that you, you cannot put Wisconsin-Nebraska in any, turn- or any tournament game against each other outside of the national championship. So I think you got to have them on a collision course going to that national championship game. If Wisconsin doesn't make it that far, if Nebraska doesn't make it that far, too bad. But you can't have that game um, it, it, not even getting to Tampa. I think that would be a a, 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 ver- a travesty uh, to, to volleyball. Um, yeah, and there are plenty of at. appealing storylines that can happen early in the tournament as well. You know, Wisconsin-Texas versus Stanford versus Louisville would all be Final Four rematches from the last four years two of them national title game rematches, although most of the most of the players from those teams have moved on at this point. But there's still plenty of opportunity to create intrigue, and there are a number of quality teams. I do think there are probably only three or four teams that can realistically win the volleyball national title and hang with Nebraska and the Wisconsins of the world, and I think Wisconsin's still one of them. But you want to see them respond well to Smart coming back and Orgel moving back to Libero. Well said. Uh, moving on to basketball, uh, there was an up and down weekend for Wisconsin basketball. Uh, the bad coming from the now three and one women's team uh, getting nuked by Kansas State, seventy five to fifty seven. Yeah, kind of expected. Uh, yeah. A game that w- wasn't even as close as the score indicates. The usually stout Wisconsin defense allowed the Wildcats <laughs> to shoot forty four percent from deep, and the score was sixty to forty four going into the fourth. Uh, it was thirty four actually. I typed that wrong. Wow. <laughs> so it was another yeah give him another 10 points <laughs> wow uh so bucky will take on arkansas this friday as a part of the fort myers uh tip-off and with a win could play either boston college or marquette in the final um and finally some good news as we alluded to earlier the men's basketball team had a historically impressive 65 to 41 win over ranked virginia um quickly moving yeah, on I, I hate to Oh, go oh, ahead. I, hate jump. I think we should take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about football for quite a bit here. Okay, let's do that. All right, uh, awesome. time for a quick break for some uh, very important messages. Stick around, because we'll be right back. Hey, Jay, what are you doing? I'm going to walk. But, Jay, the light is red. What if there's a car? You know I don't believe in cars. I'm going to walk. Jay, please. I'm doing it. <gasps> He really put the L in walk. Let's not be like our ex-friend Jay. It's well known that Wisconsin ranks 46 in the country for jaywalking-related accidents. And with your participation, we could be 47th. Here are some tips to help you obey pedestrian traffic laws. Often find yourself restless at a red light? Carry around a fidget toy or a snack. Look left and right, then left again. Repeat as necessary. Hold hands while crossing the street. If still inclined to break the law, ask a friend to restrain you. 
Remember, you can't walk if you're hit by a car. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. You're listening to After Further Review on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison Student Radio. Uh, jumping right back into the Wisconsin sports conversation, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Badgers football team. Uh, and Vince, oh, yeah, uh, yeah I realized I forgot to paste in uh, notes here. Joey, do you want to read this one? You're, uh, you're the football sicko, so I think you should do this one. Well, all I need to say is that Wisconsin football is back. Um, oh, no, no, we have it written down for you. Don't but, worry. Yeah. Um, Badgers taking down Nebraska in overtime, 24-17. to Big win for the Badgers. Uh, they allowed two quick first-quarter touchdowns, rallied to steal the win, get to 500, bowl eligible. Um, they uh, get some big momentum going into Minnesota next week. Uh, into a very heated rivalry game saves me a little bit of um, angst because if we would have gone into Minneapolis being a five and six, five and six, uh, both teams fighting for bowl eligibility and the axe and bragging rights, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that. Now it's just like, hey, we're going to a bowl. Uh, it's time to send you packing. Uh, take what's ours. Bring it back home. And uh, you enjoy, you take your exam. I, I think uh, Sojourn Shelton said on a, broadca- on a podcast this week, it's like, you take your final exams, you go back to wherever you're from, you enjoy watching bowl season on your couch. You don't have to, you don't have to go through the extra month of practice. Good for you. We're going to enjoy it, though. Uh, we'll send Minnesota 5-7. and seven. That's an ideal world, obviously. Uh, going to be a big test for Wisconsin this week. Um, as they go into Minneapolis, Gophers have taken the last two uh, Axe games. And Wisconsin, um, they had some big injuries in that last uh, match up against Nebraska. Uh, Will Pauling went down. Bryson Green uh, did not play. Uh, Hunter Wooler went out in that game. Uh, Jackson Aker went out in that game. So it's, uh, it's going to be a thin group, um, at least as it stands right now, uh, going to Minneapolis on Saturday. But uh, I think if they, they can work through some of those injuries, um, I think that they'll be the better team. They're favored right now, uh, which is something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I think this is going to be one of the um, – probably one of the more important – Axe games for both programs since that 2019 game, uh, which was the de facto Big Ten West Championship. It's been big every game since then um, with implications on the line, but uh, for Wisconsin to have the opportunity to take the Axe back and uh, drop Minnesota to be ineligible for a bowl, that would be big. Yeah, I mean... Joey, uh, I think you you missed part of uh, what was being read there. Yeah. Let let me cook here a little bit, Vince. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Here, if if there's something that I missed down below, I will... uh... (laughs) So Vince does a thing where he tries to Ron Burgundy me by putting uh, just mean comments about myself into the uh, little script that we have for our Badger Sports update, and uh, I think Joey's finally going to read one here. No, I'm not (laughs) going to be Ron Burgundy here. I'm going to... I, I'm gonna be um, my own free-thinking person, <laughs> and I, I'm speaking fully, freely right now. And I will not read 
what Vince Hesbrick has put on the script for me. <laughs> he will not be tricked. I will not be bamboozled, oh, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Fine, I will read it. <laughs> Disclaimer, Thank these you. are not my own thoughts, despite what I am about to read. Um, <laughs> the opinions expressed in this next sentence do not <laughs> do not <laughs> express the views of Joey Bonadonna. Um, I'm picking Wisconsin. I will actually no. This sentence I will agree with. I personally am picking Wisconsin to beat Minnesota because Wisconsin is the older brother of Minnesota. Um, now but start the disclaimer. <laughs> here's where I start the disclaimer. Uh, I do not agree with this part. Just how my show, the starting five minus one he forgot something is the little brother of this show after further review i find that very disrespect uh, pause uh, from, from the, i find that very disrespectfully did not put the full name of our show exactly. the starting five minus one we're actually gonna be minus two here at the top of the hour here at six o'clock it'll just be uh, we've actually not been minus one in almost a month yeah, we've been <laughs> minus two we've been minus three yeah it, but yeah we are the starting five minus one I will continue now. I just really wanted to believe. I just really believed this and wanted to get it off my chest. So special thanks to Vince and Alex because it is such a privilege to be on a good show for once. End quote. I do not agree <laughs> with most of what was said there. I do agree though that Wisconsin is the older brother of Minnesota. They are the yeah. Minnesota, the little brother. I mean, all I can say is this show has never done a four-hour Thanksgiving extravaganza. So yeah, I mean, what can be said? We're there? here. We're we here, here for four hours. <laughs> it's gonna be a marathon. I hope you enjoy the sound of these guys' voice. Uh, I hope you enjoy <laughs> us discussing the hypothetical situation of Lamar Jackson being traded to the Atlanta Falcons, uh, and why we disagree <laughs> that that should never happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Atlanta Falcons they might not be Americans America's team but they are the starting five minus ones team full hour deep dive on the Atlanta Falcons tonight Ooh, look ready. forward to it <laughs> I will uh, keep my ears peeled for that one uh, Vince do you have uh, any uh, serious thing, comments about the football oh sorry go ahead uh, well, I was going to say that I'll um, I'll listen to the replay of it but I can't give him the dignity of listening to it live although thanks again for helping us get the phone set up I, I do appreciate that. I guess while we're actually talking about Wisconsin football, I'm not sure how much the game you actually remember, Alex, but uh, it was really just a great one in terms of fan enjoyment. Uh, And it was just especially heartening to see a great game from Tanner Mordecai because he put up some monster numbers uh, the previous year at SMU and hasn't been the case in Wisconsin. But he's a guy who, I mean, he was really playing to get drafted, and I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. But it was just so cool to see one performance. We kind of put this offense on his back at times. And seeing him in the postgame show, getting hyped up that just really uh it's not a great season but i think we really salvaged something with that there yeah i mean especially things look scary going down two scores to start the game and then uh to see the way they they bounced back and closed it out um i mean really kept the hopes of the team alive it seems like they're they are going to keep uh, playing out the rest of the season, uh, which was a, a little bit of a concern uh, those last pre- uh, two weeks before this. So, um, yeah, a promising look, a, a big game next weekend. Yeah, no, and they're just the vibe in the press box was so different between the Northwestern and the Bra- Nebraska games at the end. I was there for both. I was doing pre-half post for the Northwestern game, and then I was on the call for the Nebraska game. And just like, you, it was just this like, year of disbelief after the Northwestern game like nobody really like was really like accepting what happened and then just like a lot of people just like relief in the press box after winning the game in overtime against Nebraska just like 
it felt like a weight had been lifted almost a little bit. Obviously a good game, and, you know, Camp Randall was the best it had been all season, even though I wasn't completely full, but just a good atmosphere, night game. Like, it felt, it felt like Wisconsin football for three hours on Saturday, which was a really good sign. Definitely. Any final Ooh. thoughts, Joey? Yeah, I mean, I, I've only been here for two years, um, but out of all the games that I've been at at Camp Randall – that was like the the most electric atmosphere. Um, I think oh, Ohio really? State was up there, but I think the end of that game um, against uh, Nebraska, um, it was just it was a special moment. Um, getting that win, winning the trophy, and um, all the players spilling onto the field uh, when Preston Zachman got the pick. It is going to be. Um, it was a gr- big turning point. I think that was the big momentum shifter that this program needed. Hopefully they can continue it going into a big, another big rivalry game and into bowl season. Um, but yeah, they needed that one desperately. Yeah, I mean, like Very you true. said, I think that was like the best atmosphere I've uh, been at for a game at Camp Randall. Uh, I mean, Ohio State game is up there. Same with, uh, uh, I believe it was last year's uh, Minnesota game, also up there, coming down to the wire of the game, but unfortunately not going our way. So kind of bringing. Uh, that atmosphere down a whole lot to end the game so uh, a, a really big overtime win to clinch bowl eligibility I mean what's better than being in the building for that right uh, so uh, Vince let, let's uh, jump over to the laundry list um, let's do it do you want to get started with this one sure yeah so I, I had the privilege of going to the uh, the Packer game on Sunday a really cool story my grandpa put my dad in for season tickets so my dad was three and now my dad's 57 and we somewhat recently got them so it's always great being there but uh I, I really after seeing a game in person watching Justin Herbert I'm officially on the train that he's being absolutely failed by his organization because I, I have his stats down uh on my other document which I'm absolutely struggling to pull up right now but he was 21 of 36 260 yards two touchdowns no picks good for a 99 passer rating. And that sounds kind of like an average performance. I think this really had the potential to be a legendary one for Justin Herbert, but there were just so many drops, not just, I mean, not even like first down rinky dinks, just game changing drops. The Packers really should not have won this game. And Donald Partham dropped a third down pass, opening drive, probably would have been like 20 yards. Keenan Allen dropped two passes, one of touchdowns. Quentin Johnston dropped a 70 yard touchdown, or it would have been the game winning touchdown. So I decided to, give him the benefit of the doubt and say that those are caught and plug his stats back in. So instead he goes 25 of 36, 347 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. That's good for a pass rating of 137.15. And I think I was not very generous with how I counted a lot of the yards. So I really think that if QBs are not a win stat and this, this game really sold it for me. Justin Herbert and the word if – are just a dynamic duo. That's all I. That's oh, all I have. Here. It is. They are a dynamic duo. Justin Herbert. I. I will say. I do think Justin Herbert kind of gets. He gets screwed over a little bit. He is a good quarterback. Um, and obviously, I mean, Keenan Allen's been one of the best receivers in the NFL this year. Just it didn't show its. It unfortunately, and and just it didn't show itself. Um, on Sunday, um. Maybe Mike Williams has been injured. Austin Eckler is one of the best, you know, third, you know, PPR backs in this league. Um, decent tight ends. Yeah, he's got decent tight. I think he, well, Gerald Everett was hurt, so 
And I think Gerald Everett is probably one of the more underrated options. Um, but I mean, yeah, this is a this is an offense that it it, it should be performing uh, better than what the Packers did. Um, I I would mark these two teams as uh, minus defenses, and um, the Chargers have a better offense than the Packers do. Um, there's no way that the the Chargers should not have won that game. Um, and yeah, it should not be on the shoulders of Justin Herbert. I, I will fully agree with that. There are other problems in that building. Justin Herbert is not one of them. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I will give him that. See, I love how, like, Vince, you're immediately on this bandwagon too, and I know um, my older brother and my dad both went to the Rose Bowl game uh, where Herbert played against the Badgers, and uh, af- no. from that moment on, they've just been drooling over him. I mean, he is uh, the meat and, like, the cat's pajamas, whatever you want to say. He he is everything uh, to them. I, they think he's, like, probably one of the not, one of, if not the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and uh, just from watching one game of him from college, too, so, I, I mean... I understand where you're coming from. I haven't seen it, and I mean, it's every single week. I feel like someone's talking about how Brandon Staley's terrible. The Chargers' defense collapses again. What happened? How could they possibly lose this game? And uh, that's just the Chargers being the Chargers. I mean, Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert might end up having the exact same <laughs> career, and both of them likely will deserve a Super Bowl and not get one if they play in uh, L.A. now for the rest of his career. The interesting thing about that is. I mean, it's been a while since I've watched the 2020 Rosewell game, but I didn't think Herbert played that well in the game when it happened. Wisconsin should have won if Danny Davis hadn't fumbled in the and fourth quarter. And if Anthony Lottie didn't drop a, literally just drop a punt <laughs> back-to-back <laughs> games. Yeah, they were, they were, like he did it, He did all his damage as a runner in that game versus a yeah. thrower, if I remember correctly. I think he had multiple rushing touchdowns. Yeah, three touchdowns. rushing touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I am on the Herbert is like he's been failed time and time again. The the Chargers are only eighteen and ten when they score twenty seven plus points as, when he's the quarterback. So they they have ten losses scoring more than four touchdowns as when he's the quarterback. That's pretty that's pretty egregious in my opinion. Uh, as as a fan of another fan base who's you know relatively split down the middle on the wins are quarterback stat issue uh in this case they definitely are not the chargers have have bigger problems than justin herbert and you know thankfully herbert got got paid as one of the best quarterbacks in the league which i think he is and you know there's no doubt in my mind that he's a top five quarterback in the nfl vince alex i guess and i got nothing else i mean you should and i'm I'm trying to do my subtle like (laughs) let's go 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 i'm really excited about our final segment today Okay, should we jump right to? I mean, I have uh, Matt Canada got fired today, and I, I think it's going to make no difference to the Steelers' <laughs> offense because Kenny Pickett is just not a good quarterback in the NFL. Uh, we don't have time to go through all of his Dang. numbers, but compare him to Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, and I mean, honestly, you could even throw Jordan Love in that category. All three to four of those guys are people that should not uh, have starting jobs at the beginning of next season. Um, and I in my mind, well, I, I, Mac I, Jones, Zach Wilson, and Kenny Pickett. Those are the three. Yes, I'm I was going to say Jordan like, Love is arguable, yes. but I think he still should have the starting job, benefit of the doubt, first year yes. as a starter. Um, but these other guys, they've been starting for a while, and it just hasn't worked. 
And the best part is, if you look at Matt Canada and the Steelers' offense in the time that Matt Canada's been there, uh, his best uh, per- performance as an entire offense was Big Ben's last year when he was nearly 40 years old and falling apart, uh, barely held together by bandages and ice packs. So um, I, I don't think he was a great offensive coordinator, but I also think Kenny Pickett is just not a good quarterback. But how many offensive coordinators have scored 70 on Nebraska in the Big Ten Championship? Uh, exactly. <laughs> Matt Canada will always have that. He scored 70 points in a Big Ten Championship. And I don't think one of them was a passing touchdown. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that as we move on to a, a thanksgiving theme segment. Uh, me and Vince are just going to go through and, and talk about some of the things we're, we're thankful for uh, here in the sports world. Um, and I'll, I'll start off with the FIA just always giving me something to talk about. I mean, just every single weekend they make quite possibly the most ridiculous move uh, possible from a, a refing or officiating body, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and this weekend, did it again, didn't have time to really get into it, but I mean, Carlos Sainz has his car destroyed because of an error on the track and then gets a penalty for it anyways, um, and they can't do anything about it. Which I, I will say, like, I wasn't, like, deeply following this, the F1, and I, I still don't, don't plan to, but yeah, I feel like this Vegas thing, like, it stirred up more than just, like, the, the F1 world. Like, they basically disrupted the economy of one of the entertainment capitals of our country for for this race and what was it six how, how many minutes into the first practice race they had to shut it down because there was uh a drain cover got a, sucked up on <laughs> underneath the car like and caused a 1.5 million dollars worth of damage that the the refereeing body refused to pay for. <laughs> like that's just that's so stupid. That is so like you did all of that to it just to completely be stained forever. Well, see, I think the rest of the weekend kind of made up for it. It was yeah. the it was a bad uh, like shoot like first step. It started off on the wrong foot, but. But then you had probably the best racing of the entire year, so yeah, right. it, like people people are happy about it now, at least in the F1 community. It was a learning experience. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a Vegas supporter. We got what two or three more years of it. Well, they yeah. have time. Give them time. And like even with the the whoopsie, it's it was still probably a huge economic benefit for Vegas on the weekend over normal. Just all the people who were there for it. All right, uh, Vince, what are you thankful for this year? Yeah, well. I've been loving my time at Wisconsin so far, and obviously it hasn't been a great year for football, but I think we've got to take a step back and just admire the across-the-board dominance from Wisconsin as a whole. Just both basketball teams look serviceable right now. This is a down year for football, even though they're above 500 and have themselves a really good coach. The soccer team's great. Softball team's great. Both hockey teams look great. Volleyball team's great. It's just there's so many sports to cover, and I just think from purely from a fan perspective, there's really nowhere else I'd want to be. So. I just I got to give a, a shout out to UW Madison, who I definitely disagree with in a lot of other categories. But when it comes to athletics, I there's no place else I'd rather be. This place is awesome. Yeah, I had a a very similar one. I was talking about the environment for every single game I've been to this year. I mean, across every single sport, every event. I mean, it just seems like it keeps getting better. The fans are just so passionate, and the the teams putting out great performances on the field, the, the court, whatever you want to call it. Uh, definitely contributes to that i will say vince's take yeah, would probably been a lot better two weeks ago <laughs> yeah it was not a great weekend uh this past weekend but uh yeah i will maintain that every program on this campus is at least serviceable 
like every single like you can watch their game and expect to you know be in a good contest expect to win most games uh big turnaround for women's basketball that was unfortunately not the case a few years ago but i think now they're in a spot where they can truly um you know they can be a very a, a much better program than what they've been the last few years yeah uh vince you want to go with your second one yeah, and I wanted I was going to do a funny one, but I think that in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I'm going to keep it to the my usual level here. You know, I, I got to give thanks something that's been with me since I got to Madison. When I think of this, I just think of reliability, consistency, always there for me every show. Excellent, both preparing shows and during them. Just I don't know how I would do the show without it. And I got to give a big shout out to SportsReference.com. They just do such a great job prepping me for the shows basic counting stats, analytics, everything across the board. The stat head subscription, I cannot recommend it enough. So massive shout out to Sports Reference for carrying this show week in and week out. So thank you so much. Don't know where I'd be without it. And massive props to this show for getting a sponsor, you know? <laughs> Who would have known? Uh, we have no the opinions expressed on the show yeah. do not reflect the views of WSCM University of Wisconsin-Madison or its Board of Regents. There's no sponsorship here. <laughs> I'm uh, just a fan. And uh, my final uh, shout out, my my thank you, I have to give uh, to you, Vincent Hesbrick, uh just being one of the most re- reliable oh, uh, sports fans, co hosts. Every, I mean, it, it's so fantastic. <laughs> I don't know what the show would be without you. I mean, we even have to make you call in uh, from home when you're not in town. Uh, I mean, just stepping up, even when I I had a couple debacles, back-to-back weeks, running late to the show, whatever it might be. Uh, you're always there uh, making it so great. So uh, p- thank you, Vince, for uh, for putting the show on your back uh, week after week. Oh, and, and in all seriousness, you are the best, Alex. I, I know sometimes I, I don't want to say take over the show, but a lot of the stuff I do I just kind of crank out right before. And you're, you're so chill with everything, and you're also – probably know way more than I do, not just when it comes to football, but giving me a new perspective on F1, which I know nothing about, but I'm starting to follow now. So uh, I, I, you, you're the best, man. Excited for – this could be the last semester of shows coming up with you graduating, but I'm going to enjoy every single one. I, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I, I can't imagine not having this show with you. Uh, so excited for the future, uh, see where – the what happens hopefully we can find a way to keep making it work i mean maybe uh we find a way to get a little better uh audio quality for a call in and uh <laughs> that now that we know how to do that it's always a solution yeah also i think joey and evan are okay uh yeah i, I suppose they're all right i mean uh, we've we've had better guests on before but uh oh yeah in the circumstance i guess we can we can give a shout out uh, to them as well i mean joey stepping up big time getting you on the phone i mean we wouldn't even be able to hear without you evan as well stepping up to read through the instructions show me where all the buttons were just for me to mess them up um and also just the the infinite sports wisdom these guys have uh really just an excellent show guys thank you so much thank you for having us and you know infinite sports wisdom you know (laughs) We do. Joey is, you know, in the basement of our of our picks competition, which we'll we'll be getting so, to in the so next hour here. And uh, the so other the other basement dweller has joined us in the studio relatively recently. So, you know, we'll have we'll have the true picks wizard on over the phone. But you know, starting five minus one. Stay tuned. Yeah, uh, and and that's gonna do us for sh- 
uh, us here today. Thank you all so much for listening, uh, and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>